incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Thank you for joining us and welcome to episode 6 of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. We have a good show for you today, not a lot of breaking news, although there are some cool news that did break out late during the week. And of course, our review of episode 1 of The Clone Wars Season 7. Quick reminder that now Radio Rebellion has its own YouTube channel. When we have five videos up, our Grey Jedi talk, our best and worst stormtroopers, and we just uploaded three Mandalorian review videos because the first one was too long talking about the first four episodes, so I decided to break the second half of the season into two episodes. Also, Radio Rebellion is now available on Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Pocket Cast, apart from Spotify and, of course, Anchor.fm. So if everyone's ready, let's go ahead and talk Star Wars. Star Wars News. As always, most of our news stories come from StarWarsNewsNet.com. And our first news from the core is that we have an official Blu-ray release date. On our first episode here on Radio Rebellion, we talked about rumors that the physical and digital release of Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, would be released the last week in March and early April. But thankfully, that report was wrong, as we now have confirmation of the actual release dates. The digital version will be available starting March 17th, and the physical version, DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Blu-ray, two weeks later on March 31st. We also got to see some of the bonus features to be included, and these are the Skywalker Legacy, which is a feature-length documentary of the making of Episode 9. There's also Pasana Pursuit, creating the speeder chase on Pasana. Dio, Keys to the Past, and it goes over the ship that connects Rey to her past and the newest Star Wars droid. You also have Cast of Creatures, which has puppeteers, makeup artists, prosthetic, and everything that it took to bring all of the creatures to life, and many other bonus features. One that wasn't mentioned in this report were deleted scenes, so we do not know if we're going to get any deleted scenes on the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray release or digital. Hopefully, there are bonus scenes and deleted scenes. This is what makes a lot of these uh, releases special. Some people are kind of thinking that maybe they're going to save them for when it is released on Disney+. Plus. Um, to me, that seems kind of contrary. I think they want to get as many sales from the Blu-ray and digital versions as possible. And one way to do that is with deleted scenes. I know in the past for Episode 7 and for The Last Jedi, the different releases at Target, Best Buy, Walmart, all those have kind of special bonus features and extra deleted scenes attached to each of those versions, kind of prompting people to buy different or extra copies of the movies. So it's now kind of weird that there won't be any deleted scenes. It can also be that a lot of deleted scenes might kind of contradict what we finally, what the final version of the movie was. And with all of those leaks of the Colin Trevorrow script and all the concept art, maybe some of those were kind of also used or, or planned to be used and kind of shot and then cut out as deleted scenes and they don't want those out there to kind of stop people from talking. So yeah, but finally the home versions of The Rise of Skywalker are just a little bit more than three weeks away and then we can 
watch the movie over and over again. And probably once we have this here, we'll do our own kind of Star Wars rewind and review of Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Our second news topic is Dave Filoni teases the end of the Clone Wars. Dave spoke with Entertainment Weekly and talked about the final season of the Clone Wars. The 12-episode season just premiered on Disney Plus this past weekend with Episode 1, The Bad Batch which is an arc previously teased with the release of unfinished animatronic reels back when the clones, Clone Wars were originally um, canceled. Dave Filoni went to explain that he learned from George Lucas that the backbone of Star Wars is the stru struggle between selfishness and selflessness, basically the light and the dark side. We see this originally with the journey that Luke Skywalker goes through and then what Rey went through in the sequel trilogy. But for Filoni, this journey is seen through Ahsoka and all of her struggles that he see that he will explore with the final two arcs on this shortened season, season of The Clone Wars. Uh, Ahsoka's story was orig originally going to be three arcs, but again, with only 12 episodes on season seven, this has been shortened to two arcs, which will be the last two of the season after we finish the Batch Batch arc. Bad, so where is it? The Bad Batch arc with the Clone Troopers. Our third news topic is the Rise of Skywalker novelization. They released an excerpt on StarWars.com, and this novel is being written by Ray Carson. It goes over the opening scene of Kylo Ren on Mustafar, searching for the Wayfinder. It expands, obviously, on what we saw in the movie. We also learned that both General Hux and Allegiant General Pride were on Mustafar, with Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. Pride is in awe of Kylo, while Hawks, as we know, hated everything that had to do with him and how Kylo Ren was putting his own obsessions over the First Order plans. We are also introduced to the Eye of Webbish blog, that if you follow all of the leaks and leak concept art from the Colin Trevorrow's time in the project, the Eye of Webbish blog is the spidery alien on top of a giant baby head. Let me read that again, just in case you're wondering if that's what you heard. The eye of Webbish Bug is that spidery alien on top of a giant's baby head. So yeah, the, this was something that was actually considered and apparently shot for Star Wars Episode Nine. And we're going to at least get to read about it when the novelization of the Rise of Skywalker comes out the same day that the Blu-ray comes out. Sorry, not the Blu-ray, the digital version comes out on March 17th. Uh, Webbish Bug is the one that has the Wayfinder, and it says that Darth Vader gave, he, gave it to him to protect. And since, since Kylo Ren defeated all of his protectors, then he has earned the Wayfinder. So yeah, I usually don't read excerpts too much especially of books that i plan on buying i think the rise of skywalker novel is one that i'm gonna get my hands on and after i read it might do a quick review of it um see what was added from the from the movie anything that might have changed our expectations or the way that we saw the movie so yeah in a couple of weeks that comes out and we'll have our review a little while after uh 
New story number four, Filoni's comment about Ahsoka. Is Ahsoka dead? We never know with Filoni. So if you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker, which if you're listening to this podcast, I doubt that you haven't seen it, but just a slight spoiler for it. So according to Dave Filoni, just because you heard Ahsoka's voice along with the voices of other fallen Jedi at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, that doesn't necessarily mean that she's become one with the Force. Speaking with io9, Filoni says, I quote, I have to wonder with Star Wars fans. They seem to watch the movies, but they don't take all of the lessons. They deal a lot in absolutes, which is very much a Sith thing. He goes on to use examples from Dying Empire Strikes Back when Luke and Vader speak to each other through the Force and Luke reaching out to Leia while he's hanging upside down on Cloud City. He also said that what happens in the movie doesn't have a lot of implications to what he's doing with the characters. Sorry, with the character of Ahsoka. Uh, so you can take this a lot of ways. The first thing that popped into my head is that Filoni will never let go of Ahsoka, will never say that she's passed on, she's never gonna die, at least in, her, in his eyes in terms of storytelling. She will continue to live on. Uh, we've seen kind of teases of her dying because she's introducing the Clone Wars. We know that she's not on Revenge of the Sith, so she can't make it past Order 66. Of course, Filoni gets around this kind of when he when the Jedi the Jedi kick Ahsoka out of the Jedi Order, so she's basically not a Jedi anymore. So she doesn't have the clones with her, so she's not part of Order 66. Then she comes back in Rebel Season 2. And then we know that she's going to have this battle with Vader. And of course, she can't survive this because she's not anywhere. She's not mentioned in the movies. But in that later seasons of Rebels, we find out about the world between worlds and how Ezra pulls her out from the fight with Vader and she survives that way. And then she comes back at the end of Rebels and meets with Sabine to go what we believe is the search for Ezra after the events of Return of the Jedi. So Filoni has found ways to kind of keep her alive through all these big incidents and turning points in Star Wars. And with the rise of Skywalker, hearing her voice at the end with the voice of all the other fallen Jedi, the audience is led to believe that Soka has finally met her end, either killed or just passed on through old age. Um, I don't know the lifespan of Togruda, which is her species, so she might be alive at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, just kind of an older Ahsoka at that point. I kind of took it that she had died and that's the way that she was communing with Ahsoka, but if you take uh, Filoni's comment about how people that haven't passed on can still communicate through the Force, then there's a way to get around it. Um, you can't say that Luke and Leia knew each other and had met each other. Same with Vader and Luke. As far as we know, Rey and Ahsoka never met, but she can always, I'm sure, as a very strong Force user, as Ahsoka was, that she could feel a ripple or something in the force that calls her to then kind of communicate with Ray. So we'll see if this is explored in a, a new animated series, a book, or who knows, even a, a movie or whatever. So we'll see. What do you guys think? Do you think Filoni will eventually 
decide to say that Ahsoka has passed or at least find an end to her story or will he always kind of leave it vague and only he will know? I'm thinking that only he will know what Ahsoka's ultimate fate is going to be. So our fifth and final news from the core is merchandising, merchandising, Baby Yoda toys, Clone Wars toys, Dark Sabers, Legos, everything. Lucasfilm revealed their newest line of Star Wars inspired toys that will be prominently displayed on this weekend's New York Toy Fair. There will be an animatronic version of Baby Yoda from Hasbro with over 25 sounds and motion combinations along with a dark saber made famous during the Clone Wars and Rebels and most and lately on the Mandalorian. There's also a galaxy of adventure Ahsoka and her clone troopers, a deck of the Mandalorian playing cards, a mini portable Bluetooth design like Baby Yoda, Build-A-Bear Baby Yoda, Operations Baby Yoda, New Funko Pops, Jedi Style Fighters from Hasbro, Lego, Razor Crest, and many, many more Baby Yoda-inspired apparel and toys. Woo! So for everyone that was complaining that there wasn't enough Baby Yoda merchandising and toys come Christmas season, now they have their fill. So yes, I hope everyone is ready for a second and third job, getting those overtimes in place because we're going to need a lot of cash to get all those Baby Yoda toys. More information on all of this on StarWars.com and StarWarsNews.net. And also more information will start kind of showing up throughout the weekend as New York Toy Fair rolls on. So what will you be picking up this year? And again, how many second or third jobs will you need to be able to not falling to crushing debt. So like I said, that's our last news from the core, but we have one more news report, but we're gonna go to the mid-rim report for this. As it is not 100% confirmed from Lucasfilm, but we do believe this to be true. J.D. Deloitte and Matt Owens are developing a Star Wars movie, movie slash project. Boris Kitt at The Hollywood Reporter with that exclusive that director J.D. Dillard and writer Matt Owens have been tapped by Lucasfilm to develop a new Star Wars movie. This project appears to be separate from the Ryan Johnson and the Kevin Feige stories also being developed at Lucasfilm. J.D. Dillard is best known for writing and directing the sci-fi thriller Slight and also directing Sweetheart, a horror thriller that can now be seen on Netflix. Uh, honestly, I haven't watched either of these movies. I do remember the trailers for Slight, and it did look interesting. Uh, Matt Owens was one of the writers of the TV series Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I did enjoy the first season of Luke Cage, although I haven't watched the second season. Oh, excuse me. And I kind of fell out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after the second or third season, although I've heard that the past kind of two seasons have been pretty good. Uh, J.D. Dillard, who also worked as an assistant on The Force Awakens, will be the first African-American director to helm a Star Wars movie, although it is not clear if he will direct this movie or not. Uh, with Bob Iger recently kind of expressing that Star Wars was going to focus more on television for a while, we do not know if this project will be a feature film release or produced for Disney+. Plus. Uh, the work for these two creators is 
very different what they worked on before from what we've seen in Star Wars in the past. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with. I might check Sweetheart on Netflix in the next couple of days to get more familiarized with Deloitte's work and see if a thriller in Star Wars is something that might work. I've always been, I don't want to say against, but I've never believed that Star Wars need, needs to go into different genres to kind of play to audiences. Star Wars is its own genre, it's its own thing. I know a lot of people talk about horror in Star Wars or more mature things and stuff like that. I kind of always be, yeah, we don't need that. You can always make your own original sci-fi horror if you want. But if J.D. Deloitte's kind of background is more those thriller kind of things, sci-fi thriller movies, then maybe seeing a thriller in Star Wars might be interesting. And Matt Owen's work with Luke Cage is pretty promising. That was a pretty character-developed um, season. So we'll see. Maybe it's something interesting, something we weren't expecting, and it blows, blows our minds. So, yeah, let's hope. So that's it for this week's news stories. Like I mentioned at the beginning, there weren't really a lot of breaking news or very interesting news to talk about. A few comic books were mentioned uh, in a couple of weeks or actually this coming week, we have hopefully a big update on Project Luminous. So we might have a lot to talk about next week when it comes to books, novels, and all of that stuff. So yeah, let's go ahead and move on to a review of The Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 1. The Clone Wars returned this past weekend with The Bad Batch, Episode 1 of Season 7, the final season in its storied history. It felt like The Clone Wars and it didn't miss a step in putting you back in the action. Anakin Skywalker, Mace Windu and the clones are on the planet Annexus, fighting the Separatists and quickly losing control over the planet. Commander Cody and Captain Rex tell the Jedi that they believe that droids have developed an algorithm to anticipate their battle strategies, and to combat this, they need some unorthodox planning. We get introduced to Clone Force 99, named this in honor of Clone 99, a mal malformed clone that served as a janitor on Camino and died there helping Domino Squad battle the Separatists. This also leads to Clone Force 99 being dubbed the Bad Batch, as they also were defective clones but with desirable mutations. The Bad Batch are led by Clone Sergeant Hunter and include Crosshairs, the Sniper, Tech, the Tech Guy, and Wrecker, the Muscle. The group being made up of the stereotypical members we get to see in every group of outsiders didn't really work for me too much. The sniper having a crosshair tattoo on his eye. Uh, the tech specialist wearing glasses and speaking with a higher pitched voice than the other troopers. And Wrecker lifting a crash down shuttle. It's kind of a bit much of things we've seen before. But we also get the return of Separatist Admiral Trench, the spider with mechanical enhancements. So the plan is for Cody, Rex, and the Bad Batch to get behind enemy lines, find the droid cyber center, and figure out how they are anticipating the clone commander's tactics. For someone like me that loves the clone troopers, this was a very good episode and brings you right back to the feel of the Clone Wars. Commander Cody gets knocked out two minutes into the mission and is out of commission for the rest of the episode. 
reaffirming why, in my view, he's one of the worst clone troopers ever. Wink, wink, this is a callback to our segment from three weeks ago about the best and worst stormtroopers. They eventually reach the Cyber Center and gather the necessary intel and confirms Rex's suspicions from the beginning of the episode that Clone Trooper Echo is alive and being used by the Separatists for their algorithm. There is a subtle nod to Star Wars Rebels with a shadowy creature in the background during the campfire scene which appears to be a Frynock or Fynock, which we saw in a couple of Star Wars Rebels episodes when they went to Fort Annex Asteroid, which was created after Planet Annexes was destroyed, but the base survived somehow. So all in all, this was a very solid episode and a solid return to Clone Wars. Um, it gets you back in the feel of what the series is, especially focusing mostly on the clones and what they're going through. The Bad Batch arc, which will incorporate the next two episodes, were the the most developed arcs that Dave Filoni have been working on. These were they were going to follow season six before it got canceled. So there was a lot of animatronics already made for them. So it just made sense to start with this. And next episode two, a distant echo, will premiere on Friday, February twenty eighth, on Disney Plus. So what did you guys think of episode one of The Clone Wars? Did it bring you back to what you felt from the series? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did it feel too different? Was it too similar? So go ahead and let us know what you thought. So that's it for episode six of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. Remember that now you can listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. Don't forget to check our YouTube channel for the five videos we have up. And probably later in the week, we'll have our Clone Wars Episode 1, the Bad Batch video up. So thanks for supporting us and may the Force be with you. Radio Rebellion.